I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. In this podcast, we chat about the win against Blackpool, look ahead to Cardiff and answer your podcast questions. Happy 30th birthday, Tom. This is the Boring Breakdown podcast <laughs> and this is all your Boring Match Day chatter in a pod. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Bora Podcast that gives you all of your Bora Match Day chatter in a podcast. And yesterday was a day of threes. Uh, Bora won 3-0 against Blackpool, got three points, were third in the championship table. And Tom turned the big 3-0. Well, it is today, but we, we, we celebrated his 30th birthday last night. And happy, happy birthday, 30th Tom. birthday to Tom. Look at all those lovely yep. photos we've got of you there, Tom, from your dad. So that was <laughs> nice um, to, to see. Um, but to, to celebrate the, the threes, I'm going to ask you how you feel in three words. Um, Tom Green, since it's your birthday, uh, happy, uh, also one, happy birthday, and two, uh, how are you feeling the three words? Um, I, I, I mean, don't know, just hanging out <laughs> my ass at the moment, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my three words football wise would be, uh, am I dreaming? Um, because I mean, I keep expecting for something to go wrong, as is probably the borough way, and it hasn't, yes. Um, uh, you know, the, the last two games, especially, we've played absolutely fantastically, and it just you know, it, it's going so well, and with the, the you know standard borough pessimism, you just always like, all right, what, what, what's going to come next? Are we going to get like beat seven nil at some point or something like that? But no, it, everything's just so so good at the moment. It's, it's not what I'm used to as a as a borough fan. So yeah, living in dream world. And how are you feeling in three words outside of football? <laughs> Uh, very, very rough, maybe. Uh, he just, yeah. I, I don't think he has the words. He doesn't. No, I, 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 could, I could barely think of the three words from the football related <laughs> ones. I, I can't fit it all into three words for outside of us. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, we do have a video of you singing Snow Patrol coming up in the show later on. Oh, uh, anyway, no, we don't really. Uh, Dana, how are you feeling in three words? 
mine's quite similar to Tom's, actually. I'm going to say pinch me, guys, because this is just, you know, how have we found ourselves in this position where we've got the Championship's top scorer and it's Tuber at Pom? I don't think anybody would have expected that uh, before a ball was kicked this season. You know, we're third in the Championship. We keep playing well. We keep getting good results. And even when, as I said, even when we do get those knockbacks, we come straight back up. And it's just brilliant to watch us at the moment. And... Yeah, hopefully this continues because I, I echo what Tom says there. There's always that little pessimistic Perry at the back of your mind thinking, oh God, where's this absolute hammering going to come from? And let's forget about that. Let's forget about that and just enjoy what it is right now. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're cooking. We're, we're going sizzler, as you've said, Johnny. Yes, and my three words are, you know what it is. The listeners know what it is. Um, yeah, we're going sizzler, aren't we? Um, <laughs> um, there I really... was feeling really bad for swearing last week, and you have done it twice in the space of four minutes. I know we'll we'll bleep if we can. Um, but anyway, we we are minting, and we'll dissect that uh, the game now then because uh, Michael Carrick uh, named an unchanged eleven uh, to face Blackpool, and we won three nil. Tuber Akpom got two. Uh, he really wants that book deal at the Cleveland Centre. Uh, you can see it in his eyes when he celebrates. Um, but obviously, Penny McNair rounded off a really good win from a set piece as well, a set piece of all things uh, to beat Big McCarthy's Blackpool. Um, how would you assess the win against Blackpool? Well, I just want to preface this by saying that we were out last night celebrating Tom's birthday. So any mistakes that I make, I'm going to put them down to the very, well, probably too many double vodka lemonades that I had at the cricket club in Billingham last night. But I thought we were really, really good. Really good. We were dominant. We, I think this was a game where the main theme of it was attacking the key spaces. Um, Blackpool, I thought, were better than Watford last uh, last game. They had a lot more midfield structure, but still Borough were able to pick up those key pockets and three really good goals, really well-worked goals, particularly the second one. And it was just a game where you're watching us and you're thinking, yeah, we're pretty good here, aren't we? You know, we're a good team in a good moment. And I thought that in terms of playing between the lines, trying to get into those key areas to be able to operate, to be able to thread key passes in, we were fantastic. And uh, we got away with it a little bit. I do think we have to acknowledge the Jerry Yates header that hit the crossbar. Hit, yeah, so it was sort of between the both of them, wasn't it? The crossbar and the, and the post because that came at 1-0. Um, so I think that was a really important moment. But again, you know, in-game moments where Borough are under the cosh a little bit, we're good enough to be able to negotiate that and come back and, you know, score two goals uh, after. So really good, really happy with that performance. Um, I must admit, <laughs> it's a bit hazy because of last night, but just really happy. Tom, how, how are you feeling about it as well? Yeah, I mean, also hazy. I've had to go and re-watch the highlights about five times this morning to remember <laughs> what happened yesterday. But, um, <laughs> yeah, or, I, like, I would agree with um, agree with Dana there that Blackpool did play better than um, than Wofford last week. I think they, they made us work harder for, for the results. And I did think as soon as we got the, the first one, which was a hell of a finish by by Akpom. I had such a good view of it from from my seat in the the northeast corner. It's like right in line with the uh, the post that it just uh, went in the inside of. But um, I think as soon as we got that, I said to to my mates at the time, like, "There's more goals in this now because they're just going to be forced to attack more and and probably lose a little bit of of structure because they were really well structured at the the start of the game." I would say. Um, 
and yeah, I, I think that that really allowed us to to get on the front foot even more uh, and and play you know it, even more um, of you know, just quality football. I think it, it was all summed up by that that second goal. Uh, just I, I can't even you know imagine the work that that's gone into kind of get those type of um, passing patterns together uh, in, in game situations, but. That, that was such a good goal to watch. Mm, it was, and, and to be honest, all of Borough's play yesterday was 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 really good. Um, I thought we were really impressive uh, yesterday. I think you know Blackpool played in, into our hands a little bit um, with their shape, and um, and but to be fair, you got you got to beat teams that come in with a, a low block five five three two setup, and we we took the game to them, and we were really really good. You know, in in and out of possession, won the ball back uh, really quickly when we lost it. We were very we limited counter attacks, um, which is normally quite good for a five three two. And when we were on the ball, we were able to create a lot of space. You know, pull the defense apart, be really good in individual moments, and it looked like we were really good in in the transition as well. And there's just so much, there's just so much uh, positivity I think in, in around the team at the moment, and also how we're playing as well. I think you, you can't fault how we're playing um and obviously one of the big improvements as well is is three clean sheets in four tom you know a, f- a few weeks ago i remember like discussing the podcast where we had a few questions like why can we not defend anymore why are we conceding goals but since then chances have started to de- uh, decrease against us and also clean sheets have started to happen so how would you think borough turned this around defensively i think it's maybe just um the, the fluidity you get from from playing in that system more and more. Uh, I, I did always think it was going to click for us eventually uh, with, with the the clean sheets. You know, I think we we had the right sort of structure uh, at the back. It was just trying to cut out you know little uh, mistakes and you know the the goals we were conceding. It, it was we were um, outscoring teams at the time uh, for for the most part. So it was never like too much of a a major worry, but I can really understand that you know you'd you'd want the clean sheet as well as the uh, the amount of goals we were scoring as well. Um, and like, like you say, it, it's probably just gone from work in the training ground, working matches, just to cut out little little individual errors and you know maintain that structure and just get used to to playing it really. Um, and hopefully, uh, it continues for a long term. Yeah, um, I I agree. I mean, it obviously it takes a lot of a lot of time. I think it's, it's just been a case of fine tweaks, hasn't it? Um, rather than over over like like big changes that people can expect or may maybe float around. I think we've just done tweaks under Carrick and we've we've really benefited from it. But I kind of want to talk about Blackpool for uh, just for just a moment because I thought they played in the Borough's hands a little bit yesterday. You know, the five three two shape. You know, with a five three two, it's a it's a very defensive formation like very defensive what you tend to see with teams like who play in this shape is you know the very weak what going out wide and because you have a limited width but also what it does give you it gives you a nice little base like defensive base it, it's going to give you an opportunity to, to sit back and defend for long periods um limit space and also use triangles if you are looking to try and get up the pitch on, on, on a counter and what i've seen yesterday obviously from the average position side of things from from blackpool is they were very narrow, but with that narrow space, it gave Borough so much opportunity uh, to play through the wings, and we occupied a half space really well. So what Borough were doing yesterday, and I think everyone could see it, was there was a one common theme when Borough were trying to get in the ball and try and play. 
Um, and obviously, this is the big negative of a 5 3 2 because a 5 3 2, when you are compact, you do leave space out wide, but also when you pull defenders out, it creates space in that half space um, for a ball to come through. Um, the di- like a slight, a slight diagonal pass through where you'll see Marcus Force and you'll see Ryan Giles just pull down that wing and really stretch teams and help teams get in behind. Uh, Marcus Force is a prime example of it. He likes to play in between that cent- left centre back and the le- and the left full back, and he'll just run through that little gap of space uh, of place of space. Sorry, and he'll will create opportunity for the likes of Akpom and, and Archer, but also with Borough's first goal as well, it was really good play from us as well because Cameron Archer. What he was able to do, yes, it was just peel off one of the uh, one of the centre halves, um, and we were able to get ahead. And it was a lovely goal from us. Um, but just another one final point on, on Blackpool: if you are going to play a five-three-two, you need to have an outlet. And some, when the second half, when you did have that outlet, you were creating chances. But for some, for some reason or whatever, Nick McCarthy did in that first half. Just when you're constantly defending you are going to concede eventually because you need to attack at some sort of point because what's the point like in in play <laughs> like do you know what i mean if you are going to um if you if you are going to play that system you need a much better outlet than what you are doing i think you've got the quality there in, in the squad but i think 532 is a killer I, I generally do. I don't think a team should look to do that unless you've got a really, really good midfield. Um, and I just don't think that they have the quality um, there. But let's talk about the first goal, Tom, because I was saying there, Cameron Archery came into play, um, played the ball back to Hackney, and Chewbacca scored an absolute worldie. Um, it was a lovely bit of play from Borough, wasn't it? It was. And I mean, I've I rewatched it, like I say, quite a few times this morning. Um, but I, it actually stands out to me the the start of that, that kind of phase of play where it was pretty much head tennis over the halfway line because there were people around me who were just like, get it on the floor, get it on the floor. It comes down eventually, uh, and Housen picks great pass through to, uh, through, through to Archer, um, which I, I think kind of just really shows um, the the impact of this this system, I think, because you, you look at how he was playing in the Wilder system earlier in the, in the season, he would have more likely looked to play it safe around that point and not play the forward pass. Um, but great pass through the lines to, to Archer. First touch just knocks it back to Hackney. And that, that's, again, um, great. It really kind of shows the um, tactical fluidity. Um, he, he hasn't tried to just kind of like hold the ball up and turn there or anything like that. Knocking it back to Hackney, he was already on the run, creates a four-on-four, four, um, gets it to... Uh, Akpom on the left-hand side and just from that position I remember watching it in the stadium thinking he's, he's not scoring for me like I, I was wondering what he was trying to do trying to like um, trying to make make an angle and then just he couldn't have hit that any better and, and like I say I was right in line with with the inside of the post where where that went in just such a view of it and could just see it curling and it was it was like um FIFA 13 finesco, like everyone used to use, wasn't it? Like, as soon as he hit it, you're just like, right, that's going in. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're in form like that, you know, you, you, anything anything happens, doesn't it? Like, you, you create your own luck. Um, but the second goal, Dana, wasn't luck at all. It was just brilliant from Bora, wasn't it? Like, really, really good football. Yeah, honestly, we're having a goal of the season competition under Michael Carrick. It's quite quite something, you know, the way that we craft in these goals are, are brilliant. But it starts with Zach Steffen, and I do have to pinpoint the importance of this because you will see quite often that the centre-backs will split 
there's a pass towards Johnny Housen that becomes available. It's either that, the straight pass along the floor to the central area or a lofted ball out wide for a, a first-time flick on. We do see that a lot with Zach Steffen's distribution and that is really, really important. And, and he's a big, big part of that is Zach Steffen. So this move progresses. Uh, Tommy Smith makes a run uh, forwards uh, and that pulls out the the press. It, it's sort of a half-assed press, I'm not going to lie, from, from Blackpool. Uh, Housen's able to evade it by just opening up that angle there for Tommy Smith, passes out wide to the right flank. Uh, and then from that point onwards, the visitors were chasing. You know, you've got Lavery and Patino there that attempted that press on, on Housen as he received the ball from Zach Steffen. They're not able to get to him in time, basically takes them out of the game. They're already kind of at a disadvantage because they are chasing back. Um, and then Atpom takes up a really, really good position. And as I said, the theme of this game was was creating space and attacking the space. So Atpom comes really deep. He's pretty much level with the edge of the centre circle in our own half. And I think because of that, Blackpool narrow in midfield. And, and obviously, as you mentioned, Johnny, they were quite narrow anyway. But then to sort of negate the influence of Atpom in that move, they, they do condense. And what that does is it creates the space out wide on the flanks and, and in particular, the, the right flank for this. Um, Hackney's on the on the ball at this point. Um, he's able to progress the, the the attack with the pass out to uh, Tommy Smith. And then what I absolutely love about the construction of this goal is is just how effective we were at being able to move the fluid movement off the ball. We saw it throughout the entirety of this game. You know, third man runners getting people like McGree into key positions, Hackney and House as well. Playing in behind, Cameron Archer was really important to this as well because although he didn't score in that game yesterday, he was able to pull centre-halves out of their positions, make them uncomfortable, stretch them, get in behind. Um, so I think he's kind of changed the the dynamic uh, of our attack, which is really important uh, as well. But in this move, McGree gets pressed by Tom Tribal. And, it, I mean, he he works it really, really well, does McGree, because he's able to feed a pass in, into Atpom and then makes a run beyond Tribal to initiate the one-two with Tuber Atpom. Um, and he gets it into the box. And, and you know what? When we were doing the research for the Aaron Ramsey pod, I did make a note that Riley McGree had not uh, registered an assist this season, which I was quite surprised at. Um, but this was his first assist of the season, and it's a very, very good one. He nutmegs Curtis Nelson uh, with a pass that's met by Atpom. Again, the run, knowing exactly where they are to be. And it's just brilliant. It honestly is brilliant. He applies the finish, and yeah, we're all we're all singing, we're all dancing. It was, yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, still, I don't think anything could top the Blackpool goal from the reverse fixture at Bloomfield Road, but that's, that's cutting it very close. It was a fantastically crafted piece of football uh, with a fantastic finish from Tuba. Yeah, it, it was one. It? And, you know, I think obviously it's kind of the, re- the reverse of the malt curse, really, to understand that he hasn't got an assist and now he gets one. So maybe, maybe we... <laughs> to be fair, I didn't mention that on the Aaron Ramsey pod, but it was in my notes. Well, there we go. That's why we, we keep them in the notes. And oh, I might have done, not, actually. I can't remember. Not on the podcast. Awesome. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, like even the goal as well, Danny, like, he even shows like that, that, that the narrowness of of Blackpool as well, like that when yeah. the, the the amount of times we're able to create two v ones on that on the wing was just mm-hmm. was pretty criminal. Um, but again, really well worked goal. McGree was excellent yesterday as well. Um, but I feel like we need to talk about him because uh, Tube Rackpon because seventeen goals in all competitions uh, this season. Um, 
I cannot believe I'm saying that. I think there's, I think we do have something on Twitter or on a podcast where Tom says, um, if he scores over 20 goals, he gets a title of two Brockham. Is that right? I, I believe there's, there's something, <laughs> there's something in that. Um, uh, but... yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take no, um, uh, no responsibility for that. I was about eight pints of Stella deep at that point. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, Stella. Well, well, I just Tom, thought they were uh, serving at the Riverside. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, uh, I just tweeted drunkenly, drunkenly last night about Mick McCarthy, um, just because I thought it'd be funny. Um, and now, see, I'm getting, I'm getting heat for it. No, I feel like you need to get heat for it. If I think if he scores twenty goals, Tuba, I know, I know you're listening. Uh, can we have an autograph and then we'll get like the autograph printed on Tom's arm or something or on your butt cheek. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say that, to be honest. Uh, and then it, it is there. It's it's there for good, you know. Um, but yeah, anyway, 17 goals in all competitions this season. Dan, what's, what's been making Tuba so unplayable? Is it the fact that he wants that book deal in the Cleveland Center? <laughs> is, is that the motivation that is driving him to do so? <laughs> Olivia in our Telegram chat said that um, they're, <laughs> they're evicting Bernie from Mackey's on Linthorpe Road as we speak, which made me howl. But you know what? This is this is down to Tuba. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, well, you know, Michael Carrick saw something in him to play, in a deep, play him in a deep position. And absolutely. But this is mostly down to Tuba Atpom, and I cannot stress that enough. You know, the work that he has done. And when he was speaking to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as part of the League of 72 YouTube, series before the the tease we had derby he was just basically saying that he's he's looking at players like Lewandowski Haaland you know players that are, you know f- world-class strikers he's analyzing their game and he, he also mentioned that he's watching the Premier League 100 club so these Premier League strikers that have uh, you know have hit that milestone it's all his work and you know 15 goals sorry 15 games 13 goals under Michael Carrick he's averaging a goal every 102 minutes under him and interestingly um, he'd only scored 12 goals in England before this season five with Borough in 2020-21 and then seven with Hull in 2015-16 this is unprecedented nobody would have expected this from Tuba Atpom but it's really down to his hard work his application his graft his analysis as well really important he mentioned he's working on xg so for those naysayers that say that xg is nonsense it isn't it works in football it might be a flawed system in people's opinion that's a completely fine opinion i do agree with it to a certain extent but he's looking at at, you know how to get into those areas that basically maximizes that xg maximizes the potential for a goal scoring opportunity um he's one goal away from reaching patrick bamford's 17 league goal season in the playoff season of course patrick bamford the last player to come close to reaching 20 and he's far off reaching 20 in the league just a, a really fantastic striker the i'd say the best performing player in the championship at the moment not just his goals but his ability to dictate play to dictate attacks to drop deep to pin players through to to turn his strength his technical ability his overall quality is unlike anything i've ever seen from from atpom and from a lot of borough strikers and yeah tuba atpom is on everybody's mind at the moment he is. Um, but also it's on my mind, um, apart from why did we have those shots last night? Um, was <laughs> um Borough's like attacking fluidity, to be honest. Um and Tom, like we we've played very direct football over like the last few years, you know, under, under Neil Warner, Tony Pulis. 
we'll get was slightly direct at times. Um, but under Michael Carrick and obviously a, a little bit under under Chris Wilder under Chris Wilder as well, we've ha- we've got some real attacking fluidity and being able to play different combinations and getting behind teams and tr- adjust how we play. How would you think we're doing that at the moment? How is it looking so good going forward? Well, I think it's utilising the strengths of all of our attacking players plus uh, being coached to play more intelligently. Um, I, I think, you know, looking at the, the first part of the season under Wilder, there was a lot of possession for possession's sake, I would say. And, I mean, even though that the... Um, the XG stats were probably quite positive, um, you know, for and against. We were underperforming on both, um, so it, it was it wasn't in a particularly good place at that point. And and when Carrick's came in, you know, we've seen the coaching videos and stuff like that. You, you can tell that 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 uh, influence has really kind of rubbed off on the players. Um, I, I think you know, looking at that that first goal. Yesterday, um, as I mentioned, that that just first touch pass from from Archer to Hackney to kind of open up that that four on four. That's not something we're even kind of used to seeing. Um, at, you know that that kind of level of intelligent play. So I, I think it really is the the impact of, of of the coaching on these players since since Carrick's come in, and like I said, just being coached to, to play in that more intelligent way. But because we're doing that, it's allowing our attacking threats to be in the right positions at the right time to um, to, to kind of like really utilise their talents. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. I'd agree. And, and also just to add to it as well, like players, um, you know, who, who bring different contributions and, uh, in in the game, like Tommy Smith, you know, in in his overlapping runs, like little tweaks with with how we're playing uh, playing forward, I, it's just like little things like that which to help us be a bit more fluid in possession. But also, one one of a really important player is Zach Steffen in all of it. I don't know we said at the start, like it, it, it although he's a goalkeeper, the amount of uh, player that we have, I think it, I think Denny, you just you showed it early on one of your, on one of your first or second um, graphics, but the pattern that we play where. Stefan will play the ball at the house and all one of our centre halves, um, and then that will trigger a run by Tommy Smith. And it's just a little pattern like that which creates so much fluidity and opens a team up. And it's it's really nice uh, to see. And I'm very excited to see where we're going um, with do, all this. But go on, Dana. Go on. I do want to ask a question. I asked in our Telegram chat. Uh, just open it up to us, the listeners. Um, are you enjoying Michael Carrick's football now more than you did the the best of Chris Wilder? Because honestly, I am. I think there's a lot more variation to it. And don't get me wrong, I really did enjoy Wilder ball and the best of it. And it, you know, it gave us some really good moments despite how that tenure ended. But the the way that we're playing now under Carrick, I much prefer because I just think there's a lot more variety to it. As Tom said, I think mm. it was possession for possession stick at sick at times under Chris Wilder, where it was like you sort of recycling the ball, whereas now I think we can attack through the middle. And before our we kind of were a little bit one-dimensional. I remember I was mentioning it, we need something else on the left, because you know attacking predominantly down the wings but it was predominantly down the right wasn't it with those you know the triangles crooks like steel and jones but then nullifying that what was there in the team and don't get me wrong there were other um you know threats i guess but 
I just feel like there are a lot. Mm. There's a lot more variety here, and a lot more to throw other teams when they're trying to sort of uh, combat us and to nullify our threats. Yeah, um, probably to answer your question, like for me, yeah, I would probably agree. I am enjoying it more. It is, it is definitely. It feels more laid back, you know, if that makes sense. You know, like while the scene a bit more heavy metal football, trying to get the ball, the pitch a little bit quicker. Was possession based at time? You know, we we did, we said there on like playing for possession state uh, uh, reasons. Um, but yeah, if it, it feels a bit more laid back, a little bit more controlled, uh, enjoyable. Uh, you know, for fans because there's there's a you don't really see teams. Uh, get us on the counter-attack as much now as we have done previously. And I think that's just, just due to the slight tweak of information, but it's still technically a threat most of the time. But no, anyway, I'm not going to get to that today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I'm enjoying it. And to be fair, like when I set my teams up um, and the way I like my teams to play and also if I'm playing online or like, or like gaming or anything like that, my, I've always played really heavy possession-based football not Scott Parker style possession based football where it's like ninety nine percent possession and you don't score. Um but control, just like very controlled football is just the way to go. It's enjoyable, relaxing, but it it takes a lot of effort and as we'll peel the layers of Michael Carrickspora over like the next hopefully the next few months and years, we'll we'll see how layered it actually is and how much you know it brings to the table because we're only scratching the surface of how he's playing at the moment and he's only really introducing one or two things maybe every month or every week and there's just small just small tweaks and that's all he needs that one percent and i think that's what's making us really really good but yeah i would probably say um i'm enjoying his football probably more at the moment i think but it'll be interesting what the listeners think let's know in the comments um and also tweet us and do all that fun stuff but since I'm going to go into that, I'll, let's talk. About, let's do questions because each week you get to send us a, a question uh, or via Twitter at borrow underscore breakdown, uh, by email at the breakdown at hotmail.com, or lastly, joining our Telegram chat uh, with over 300 Bora fans. Look, I'll be honest, they don't really talk about Bora. We do sometimes, <laughs> um, but it's just all fun and games in there, you know? Um, but the first question, uh, it's it's on email um, and it's from James. Um, he says, hey team, love the pod. Um, was interesting to hear your thoughts on Bora's transfer strategy uh, and going forward, it looks really good, but it does sound like a championship strategy. Do you think uh, it changes if we get promoted this season? Uh, you rightly said that we don't want to spend mega money on players these days, but if we do go up, uh, that might have to change. Uh, £15 million is our record signing. I think it was 16 on the Brit. I think it was 15 or 16. Anyway, um, £20 million, uh, between <laughs> friends. What's, what's that, you know? Um, you turned into Borough there when they released that statement, jabbing at I the did. Gazette. <laughs> how dare you how dare you tell us how much we spent um anyway and if it, it rounds off and he says uh you don't get much 15 million pound at the top level these days what's your thoughts so thanks for that james uh, and he's from the isle of man as well so thank you very much uh for sending that in james um who wants to take this one uh dana malt you can you can take this one go on um what do you think do you think boris Trump, uh strategy will change i think it has to if we go because you compete in with you know, top European teams. Uh, you know, we are probably at the top of the food chain in the EFL when it comes to, I guess, overall package. You're playing under Michael Carrick, who's, uh, you know, had a, a, an illustrious career, played at such a high level. And you are a really good place team, you know, third in the championship, 
even when you know the, the the window was still open I think we still were third right um just before it closed and we were in and around the the top six or in the top six should I say so a really good prospect there for any player that's wanting to get a move in the January transfer window but in the summer if we are a Premier League team obviously we have a war chest of of money to spend you so you know Forrest spending uh god knows how much on about 30 players they've had about three different teams in the space of like six months but hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. It it will change because it has to because circumstances will change. But hey, we're not we're not up yet. I don't know if the question actually mentioned. Did it mention? if we go up yeah if we go up will it change yeah oh yeah yeah it will it will because it'll have to but um i kind of i don't want to say that i trust it but i'm starting to trust the recruitment process a, a little bit more um mm. i know there's a certain person in our youtube comments that 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 doesn't agree that seems to hate kieran scott but um no i think we've just got to trust that that, that this will sort of unravel in a really good way and i think it will mm. Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on that as well. What do you think? Do you think it'll change? I, th- I think it it will, but I wouldn't necessarily agree with the statement that it said um, you know fifteen million doesn't get you a lot in in the top flight. I think you look at teams like Brentford and Brighton and the way they conduct the, conduct the business, uh, especially um, you know Brighton signing of and I'm going to forget his name again. Hitoma is it the winger? Mitoma. Mitoma, yeah. Um, 3.2 million for him, uh, I'd, I'd read, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Something, it, in the way the Brighton operate, it'll be something crazy like that, and he is some player. Yeah, turns so... Was, turns out there was a bug on your screen, and it was just like, it says 32 million, but you just... <laughs> <laughs> but I, 
think that does go to show that you know that that kind of um, strategy of, of, of finding these uh, kind of unpolished gems and coaching them in, into that type of player, it can work, and you don't have to spend a, a great deal. And I think especially if you if you're trying to be that club that does develop players and then sell them on for massive profits, I think you know five, ten years down the line when you've become sustainable off the back of that and, and you've been bringing in high fees for for players, then potentially that that transfer strategy can change a little bit more and you can spend a little bit more on players. But um, I, I think it, it definitely would change um, if we were to get promoted. But I, I would like to see it, it kind of more in, in the mould of, you know, a Brentford or Brighton type strategy. Yeah. Um, and, and to round off, I think for me, um, I don't think the concept will change. I, I don't think the way, I think, and, and, and the idea, I think Borough's way of, of doing deals is going to be sustainability first now. You know, it, it'll always have that sustainability uh, about it, but also bringing in tweaks and players that can we can really develop and also sell for big profit. I think that will still be the heart of what we do. Um, it'll be a collective strategy are the fees going to be bigger possibly, you know, if you're in the Premier League because, you know, it's Premier League money. Um, but, you know, like Tom, you were saying there, like, there is players out there. Like The game has, has changed so much over the last 20 years. You know, the scouting networks are, are much more in-depth. You know, everyone has a good, like, analysis of different leagues and there's just so much talent. Like, like the Belgian League, for me, like, it, it's so good at times and I'm not surprised by... Like Burnley signings like coming along really good because that that league is just full of of young uh, young Belgian players that are really good on in and out of possession um, and really you know obviously they're, they're being brought up to play that that style now and um, I think it's really good obviously like I said that's just one league but there is loads of different leagues where you can get low fees sell them on for a lot and you know it's, there's already proof there isn't there like you both said um, but the next question. Um, it's from Off Rude, and he says, "Are we in a better place uh, than we were during the Karanka era, uh, Dana? Are we?" I think Guess time will tell. Yeah. Honestly, I think time will tell. It's probably one that you look back on in retrospect and say yes or no. I don't think we can answer it right now because we're hmm. we're in the middle of the process. But we certainly feel like we're in a good moment, um, much like how we how we were in the promotion season under Karanka. But yeah, things unravel quite quickly in that that uh, eventual Premier League season, didn't they? So yeah. I, I'm not sure right now, but we can probably answer that, um, you know, in in reflection a little bit later. Okay, the next question is from uh, it's from Mike. I'm going to come to you, Tom. Uh, and he says, "Has McNair took uh, Dale Fry's starting place? I mean, he's played well the last couple of games, but is it going to be a permanent change, Tom? What do you think?" I don't think anything's permanent, but you know, I, I think the thing so has... deep, so deep for this podcast. You know, we're all just, we're all just living it's beings. It's a hangover talking, that's but... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say he's taking the starting place for now. Um, you know, he, he's he's done well uh, in the last couple of games, and obviously getting a goal yesterday. Um, you know, Fry's been been absent from suspension, and now the onus is on on Fry to work his way back into the team and take his chance when it comes. Um, but at the same time, if McNair keeps performing, then it, it's it's going to be difficult for Fry to get back in the team. Mm. I want to stick with you as well. Um, there's a question from Ellis, and he says, "Is Tommy Smith our unsung hero for the past few weeks?" What do you think, Tom? Is he? I I would say so. Yeah. 
yeah, he's been absolutely quality at uh, right back, especially the last couple of games. Um, I think it was against Watford. Did Tease give him man of the match for that? Um, they did. They did. Yeah, he, he was absolutely unplayable there, and um, yeah, he, he was really, really good yesterday as well. And what what I also like uh, about Tommy Smith is that that influence you can see as with the other players, um, much like you know Daryl Lenahan as well. The both kind of really. Uh, command and leader type players um, and you, you can see them every, every time we score which thankfully is quite often now and they're, they're coming there <laughs> celebrate in front of the, the north north stand north east corner it's always them two are the most vocal and firing everyone up and congratulating everyone and stuff so um, you know I, I, I love seeing that in, in, in a team having those sorts of characters he almost scored one hell of a goal yesterday as well. It's like very Luke Young yeah. against Spurs. He cut it so like perfectly, um, and that would have been honestly. I think if that would have gone in, it would have been goal of the season. And just the way that it sort of it was flying towards the top corner, <sighs> goalkeeper. How dare he do his job? I don't know. To be fair, that was quite uh, quite funnily. Uh, I was going to say that one of my mentions in the present place was the strike from Tommy Smith. So I just like just, <laughs> sorry, Johnny. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I'm I'll, just completely I'll, David Nugent. That didn't I? Absolutely Nugent. Me. But um, speaking of David Nugent, um, actually, actually, there's no relevance of David Nugent at all. But good <laughs> weekend, Sheffield United. But. We we got this question loads uh, in our comments, um, <laughs> and it was, "Can we catch Sheffield United?" Um, we got asked it last week, and I feel like we're going to keep getting asked this question each week. And I'm just intrigued to see if our answers change. We said no last week, uh, but now the points are down to ten. You know, uh, Mikey uh, sent us a, a message, and he said, uh, "You know, uh, Borough's next run again." Run of games: Abora, uh, Millwall. Sorry, Sheffield, Sheffield United's fixture. Sorry, um, Abora, Millwall. Yeah, uh, it's all right. We're just playing our reserve team. Um, us, uh, us, Millwall, Watford, Blackburn, Reading, Luton, Sunderland, West Brom, Norwich. So they're all top sides. Are all in and around it. Um, but can we catch Sheffield United? Um, I'm gonna let's go ask for a yes or no. Yeah, but Tom, what do you think? Can we catch Sheffield United? Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no. Um, I'm going to Bramall Lane in a couple of weeks, and I haven't seen us win away this season, so I'll, nice. I'll have to take the full blame for this. Thanks, Pat. Tom, um, Dana, yes or no? Yes. Oh, a change week on week. Um... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say no next week. Don't worry. Yeah, well, well thanks for that, uh, for that curse, uh, Dana. Um, and the final uh, question, um, I don't want to spend too long on it. Um, it's from LDGD, and he says, um, what do you think of Mr. Wilder's comments? Obviously, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilder, um, a.k.a. Chris, um, came out in the papers this week and said that, you know, he was doing a great job, left a great side um, for, for Michael Carrick. Um you know, he, he regrets obviously the the Burnley link, um, but we all know you're going to try and take the job anyway. So I don't know why you apologise or no. Um, but what, what do you think of it? Obviously, the the PR Chris Wilder train is is clearly out at the moment for him to get a new job. But what do you think, uh, Dana? Any any thoughts or feelings on it? Yeah, I'm just reading it now. He says, looking back, I should have shut it down. Obviously, referring to the Burnley rumours, uh, I accept that. 
but I think it's quite lazy to say that I took my eye off the ball or anything like that. It's bullshit. Um, ask those players if I took my foot off the gas in pre-season or in that changing room. We had a difficult summer window. There we go. Uh, but in my opinion, the team was playing okay and everything telling me uh, everything was telling me results would turn. I mean, that partly, obviously, data-wise, we were high up in terms of expected goals, expected assists. I do think they have some weight when it comes to you know the turning around of of, of seasons. I think you've seen that with ourselves. You've seen that with uh, West Brom, who are also quite high placed in terms of that. But uh, I don't know. I, I went to the CBS uh, at Coventry, uh, his final game, and I saw a side that looked disconnected from its manager. So I think he did take his foot off the gas. I think his eyes were firmly towards another club. And that's what I think as a fan. So, yeah, I think reverse bullshit on uh, Chris Wilder there I think yeah I think he did take his foot off the gas Tom have you got anything to add on to that yeah he's definitely trying to control the narrative of all isn't he and just uh, get a little bit of positive PR to try and find a new job I reckon it's probably been hard for him since he's uh, since he's left Borough and unfortunately for him he ended up doing commentary on a Burnley game so maybe, maybe that's, that's his uh, future career now but um yeah, uh, it's it's just just him trying to control the narrative. Uh, I think I think the the only thing I can slightly agree with is that the the squad was in a, a good place, but I don't think that had very much to do with Wilder in terms of the squad that was built. I mean, you look at like Marcus Force, who Wilder was pretty much refusing to play, and saying he was a development striker, and now he's you know got goal involvements and about half his games under uh, under Carrick, so. I think the uh, the building of the squad during the summer seemed to be very little to to do with him, and I, I think uh, you know if, if he's saying we've left a, a a good squad, I think the the credit there really needs to go to the the recruitment team. And early in the season, like like Dana said, all all the data was supporting them, but it, it definitely did seem like. He might not even think he's he's setting his foot off the gas, but it might have just been a, a completely uh, wrong style of management with those players. And mm. you know, it, it was very clear um, towards the end of the the uh, Wilder reign that they weren't playing for him. Yeah, it, it did feel like that, didn't it? You know, it, well, you, you could see by the performance against uh, Coventry that they'd stopped playing for him. Um, all the underlying date was great. Obviously, we were fourth or fifth uh, with the date like you mentioned there, Dana, and that like you mentioned there, Tom. Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm not bothered about Wilder's comments. I'll be honest; like you, you had it. You pretty much had like the Infinity Stones, right? And you decided to destroy them. Like that was that was that was, that was all. The whole downfall of his time at Borough was his own doing. He was the one that wanted to talk to Burnley. He was the one that wanted to talk to to Bournemouth. Like. I mean, if you want to lose trust in your players, that's what's one way to do it, isn't it? So um, he had it all and threw it all away. Um, but let's let's move on um, and go to the praise and place because the praise and place is the place. We'd like to give praise to uh, Dana, uh, Dana's lovely pink hair um, or Tom's uh, parents for the surprise that you bashed last night um, and just so much more praise for praise and stuff um i don't know where to go with that um but david nugent 
and to David Nugent of all people, the warm, soothing embrace of uh, David Nugent. Um, Dana, who gets your place in the present place this week? It's quite easy for me, Riley McGree. Yeah. I think, that, yes. Mm. <laughs> well, honestly, I thought Riley McGree yesterday was absolutely superb. It was the best I've seen him play in a Borough shirt. Just influenced that game and then some. Um, my friend Rob, who's a Blackpool fan, said that it was the best individual performance he's seen all season. He just, it was like Harry Potter and the Wizard of Oz, like Oz is in Australia, obviously, because it was like he was picking up so many good positions and he was just an absolute, that was terrible, wasn't it? Um, I, I just don't know where you're going with that. Like Harry Potter and the Wizard of Oz, I was like, where's Oz? the connection? Yeah, but like the... it's the most ambitious crossover since Avengers yeah. Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Where are you going with this?" But I mean, I'm I'm here for it. You know, I'm well, enjoying yeah. it. But like, but, you know, you know he was casting those spells on on Blackpool. That was why he was just he was hmm. fantastic all throughout that game. Um, you know, obviously he's got his first assist of the season, which was a very good one. Not Meg Curtis Nelson had the most shot shot creating actions of the game with four. Um, just honestly, such a pillar of creativity in that game and they just couldn't deal with him they honestly could not deal with Riley McGree he was picking up really key spaces between the lines um and just had had them in the chokehold really uh I, yeah an absolutely 10 out of 10 performance from him uh, and I also want to mention just something that I've I've found out about uh Hayden Hackney and um, that I've kind of been monitoring this season his passing accuracy has never dropped below 80 percent in any of the games that he's played this season um and you would say maybe with a player like that that has that sort of stat reflection it's mostly like sideways and backwards but with Hayden Hackney he's always looking to play that forward pass and progress the move so yeah just want to put that in there as well because I think that does deserve some praise but my man in the match for yesterday was absolutely head and shoulders above everybody else for me um in a very good team i must say riley mcgree okay the wizard of oz so tom who gets your place um well is it is it dorothy you know the tin man the the, the, the lion uh, the scarecrow what where are you gonna go are you gonna keep with the wizard of oz theme or are you gonna yeah go yeah it's else? uh it's dorothy lenahan um <laughs> <laughs> it's only actually just registered to me that i absolutely balls that up it was the wizard of oz that i meant to say <laughs> I was laughing at Dorothy Lennon. Where the? <laughs> it should have been Dorothy, but you know, I'm over to What is going on? Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I can't, can't talk. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Wizard of What? <laughs> That's why I was so confused. I was like, I, I was like, does she realise? I, I don't know. <laughs> but didn't know it was a Wizard I'm, of Oz. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall of our listeners right now. It's put, you know, it's, it's Monday morning. You know, you're driving to work and and you're going, Harry Potter, Wizard of Oz. What's your on about here? What? It huh? oh doesn't God. even sound like a hungover pod anymore. It doesn't. It just sounds like we're all still on the drink. But um... <laughs> oh, right. I watch every Harry Potter as well. Carry on. Sorry. Right, Daryl and Anne. Um, <laughs> I just thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Got his mm. end on absolutely everything. Uh, made a few, uh, few key tackles, and he just looks better and better every week whenever he plays. I do like now as well, uh, there seems to be a bit of a uh, focus on set pieces. 
um, coincidentally since we pointed out a few weeks ago. Um, but we, we seem to be improving on that. And we saw it a couple of times yesterday. It's it's whipped into the near post. Daryl Lenahan gets his head on it, and it, it's usually glanced across the face of goal. You know, resulted in a goal uh, for, for the third, and and you know, could have easily been a goal in the first half as well. Um, so yeah, I've got to give it to uh, Daryl Lenahan this week, but also um, is kind of like oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A special mention for um, Dan Balassa when he's uh, had his half hour debut off the bench because I think that the first thing he did was a pass. You know, at a ninety degree angle with the outside of his foot to to get out of a, a pretty dangerous position at, at at the back. So, just his range of passing yesterday was absolutely outstanding. And you know, if his first half hour was that good, I just can't wait to see what he can do over over the course of a, a you know a full game. Yeah, um, he looks like a snip. At 900k, doesn't he? Um, I really, really enjoyed Dan Balassa's performance yesterday. Kept it simple. You know, that's what you need to do when you come on and you're you controlling games at 2-0. And he just it just made things look really easy. He was always in space, always, um, you know, always looking for that for the next pass. And you know, he kind of pretty much already knew where he was passing before he even got it anyway. So um, it was wizardry, really, um, from him. Just, keep, just keeping it wizard theme now. So uh, my praise and place mention is probably going to go to Hagrid. Um, you know, I really enjoy him in the, in, in the in Harry Potter films. <laughs> Can we put Bugbeak in there, though, as well? Probably Buckbeak, yeah, why not? Just, just throw them all in, you know, the Weasleys, just, just throw them all in. Um, we're pretty much there now. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I will also go with uh, with Riley McGree. I thought he was amazing yesterday. What a superstar. Um, he is, you know, like, you know, he, he can get his haters, you know, and, you know, he's, he could be inconsistent at times, but who isn't in the championship? But, you know, he was really, really good yesterday. And obviously, Tube is going to have to be there. And just for 17 goals, I'm just not used to it. Uh, as a Borough fan, seeing a, a striker actually score goals, um, it is great to see. Um, but let's look ahead now and keep it, um, you know, wizard themes and talk about dragons because Borough go to um, <laughs> uh, go to Cardiff, um, go to Cardiff uh, next week, and Sabri Lamucci. Um, had a great time um, in his presser the other day, um, which is just the reason why I've got I've got a Maltkus uh, t-shirt on. Um, I don't know if you can see it there. There we go, the Maltkus, because I'm going to absolutely curse us. Um, so he said that uh, it, it is time to panic and admits they, they're in a, a very poor position. Uh, I am paraphrasing that because he said something a bit rude and crude. Um, but they're sitting in the 21st place, uh, but, but the bottom three all have two games uh, um, in hand on them, so it is a massive game, this. Pretty much every game for them. And they've got four defeats in a row after the fe- uh, defeat to Hull, and they are struggling, and they have moved, though, from a from a 5-4-1 um, to a 4-4-1-1. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they perform um, against us, because Tough place to go, but I think the three players to look out for probably Ryan Mantle, uh, Kian Atete, uh, and probably Callum Robinson as well. So, uh, is it Atete? I don't know. I've probably missed, I probably butchered that anyway. Um, but yeah, really, really difficult game. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts and predictions. Um, Dana, what are you thinking? Uh, do you think Borough can, can go to Cardiff and, and get something? I mean, there's no reason why we can't, but. 
again, this is a bit of a tricky game because they're in such bad form that you do feel as though with those games, despite it actually probably being more favourable for Borough going against the side that are down there, they're in bad form, there is always that niggling narrative saying you're going to lose. <laughs> and Cardiff, sorry, I am going to say something that I probably shouldn't. They haven't don't, won since... Don't. <laughs> They haven't won since before the World Cup break, which is, I mean, if anybody has Fort Marb or Statzone or anything on their phone, please look at Cardiff's form. We're going to get beat. (laughs) It's just going to happen, isn't it? But uh, you know what? Ignore that. I think we'll win. I do. Um, And if you want to curse Middlesbrough Football Club, and like Dana does there, you can get your malt curse t-shirts like I'm wearing right now at t-side.co.uk forward slash the board breakdown. Um, And you can find all of that stuff there. So thank you very much, Dana Malt. Um, 100% of the proceeds go to the M&D Association as well. So thank you very much for your weekly curse, Dana Malt. I didn't know how you were going to fit it in this week, uh, but you have. Tom, uh, sorry, we actually going to add anything else, by the way, Dan, before I uh, really interrupted. Um, no. no <laughs> go on, Tom. Cool. Um, go on, then, birthday boy. Uh, what do you think? Uh, win, lose, draw, match abandoned, a dragon flies on the pitch. You know, what, what are you thinking? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a win. I would expect us to to win, given the um. The, the the change in mentality really uh from us the change in standards really um and and looking back on the reverse fixture that first half was one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen us play so I would hope in the back of our players minds there's that sort of thing of you know we need to avenge that uh that poor performance as well so yeah I'm I'm hoping we can we can go there and take advantage of pretty much a, a fragile uh, Cardiff side and I'm going to go 2-0 win. 2-0 win, yeah, and I, I'm going to round us off. I think we'll win one goal to nil. Tight game. I think we just break them down just at the end and uh, we uh, get the three points and we win again. Um, but guys, thank you very much uh, for joining me as always. And, and the listeners and the viewers, thank you very much for watching us and listening to us. And if you did like this podcast, give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider. And don't forget to like and share and subscribe to The Board Breakdown on our YouTube channel uh, as well, because that helps us get found, chatted, and all that fun stuff. But it's gloomy uh, at the seaside, but it's sunny in Teesside. This has been The Board Breakdown podcast. This has been Thomas Green's birthday. He's 30 today, so don't forget to wish him happy birthday. And that was all your Bora match day chatter in a pod. Up the board breakdown. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.